Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches. And honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Dedicated to you and 
you're in the mood for empathy, it's blood in my pen. Better yet, with your friends in them. She wanna go and party. Nigga, don't approach up with that Atari. Nigga, that ain't good game, homie, sorry. They say conversation, rule a nation. I can tell, but I could never write my wrongs. Unless I write it down for real. P.S. The ceiling can't hold us. Thank you, Macklemore. This is Ryan. This is the show called So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is this is Wednesday. This is your Wednesday episode. We're this, well now. It's officially Thursday. It's twelve oh one a.m. right now that I'm starting this uh, Wednesday morning. So it is Wednesday, and this will be in a couple hours. Man, I have been run ragged. If you're watching YouTube, you might have noticed. Somebody got a little haircut. I'm not saying any names, but it, it's it's me. Uh, I did. Uh, also, I ha- I went with the mustache. Uh, uh, already kind of regretting it. Somebody called me a motorcycle cop earlier. Not great for the ego. <laughs> Somebody also called me Army Hammer, and I was like, oh great, amazing. I'm waiting for a, a Dahmer 
comment pretty soon. So <laughs> crossing my fingers on that one. How are you guys doing? I, I've been so busy. I feel like I don't get to talk to you guys nearly enough, even though I talk to you every day, but I hope you're doing good. I hope your families are doing good. I hope you're actually having a great life uh, while I am stuck here talking about these shows. But thank God, even though I'm going to kind of miss it, this is the last Southern Charm that we are talking about. I mean, we had the reunions, of course, but the season finale, this was the season finale, and oh, what a season finale it wasn't. (laughs) Not a great season finale. Felt like a lot of filler with a little bit of something, and it's fine because I like these people, you know? I mean, I don't like these people, but I like, I mean, I I genuinely like to watch this show for some reason. I'll have to work that out with my therapist, but I do enjoy watching the show, so I was, it was fine, but it wasn't like they, I felt like they tried to make it something more than it wasn't, you know, every time drama happened in this episode in particular, you would be kind of like, what? Wait, I don't get it. Why is, why are they upset? They're sitting at different tables. I don't get it. Like I didn't necessarily get it, but I was like, oh, they're playing tense music. I guess this is pretty bad. In fact, I always watch the shows you guys with closed captioning on. I highly recommend it, especially if you are watching with somebody that talks over it, but uh, you know, not my mom. Um, (laughs) Watch it with closed captioning because not only do they, you know, they write out every word that these people say, they also write every time there's a music change. And I swear to God, in this episode of Southern Charm, there was like 30 closed captionings that said tense music, tense music, tense music. And then if you actually hear the music, it's like, dun, 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 dun. not that tense, you know, here I'm wearing my Craig is my lawyer shirt. Craig Conover. Remember folks, he doesn't just sew pillows. This guy has the Conover law firm in, uh, in Charleston as well. This guy is a multi hyphenate. He can do it all. He's, he's what we call in the business, a triple threat. And this guy threw a holiday party, and this was the entirety of the episode. And we'll get into that. But let's get into some pop culture news, because pop culture just doesn't stop, folks. It does, I mean, it's, it, it's infuriating. We just will not stop with this pop culture, because everything now is considered pop culture. True crime is considered pop culture. We have Kim Kardashian making podcasts now, because she saw the success of Serial. I mean, we have, uh, I mean, we have the most ridiculous things actually now being classified as pop culture. But that's fine. We love all of it. We love all of it. We can, we can put up with all of it, and we're going to talk about all of it, or try to. One of my first stories today is, and it's speaking of Craig Conover, I, I did this Instagram post earlier because I was like, guess what? Tom Brady, he's the football guy that is playing. He's 45 years old, still playing, supposedly one of the best to ever do it. Don't get mad at me. I don't watch football, so I can't, like, I'm not going to even take a stand on Brady. I know people either really seem to love him or they really seem to hate him. I don't care. So that's where I'm coming from on this. I actually more care about Giselle Bündchen, his, uh, his, well, I mean, his wife, his wife now, maybe soon to be ex-wife. Um, I know her. And remember, I, I was first aware of Giselle, of course, from her modeling, but I don't really pay that much attention to fashion, uh, unless I'm forced to now because of Kanye West. Uh, but, uh, I remember her dating Leo. That was my first, and then the Tom Brady thing happened and here we are, but it was announced today that they are both shopping for lawyers, for divorce lawyers. And that's when, you know, first off you're rich 
Because you're like, we're Because sh- <laughs> it's not like, you know, when you go to Target and you're like, I just got to pick up some toilet paper, maybe look at the flip-flops. Yeah, I'm a flip-flop guy. <laughs> I don't think anybody doubted that. You know, you did like a toothbrush, whatever. These guys do the same thing, but they do it with high-priced lawyers. They're like, hmm, you know, what is it? Like Goldilocks and the three, like, ooh, this one's too tall. This one's too short. This divorce lawyer is just right. So there is a big amassed fortune, of course, but now we are finally getting word that this actually, it was all, always rumored because she wasn't showing up to the games. We, you know, and, and he retired originally. And I always find this part fascinating, even though I don't like sports, is the guy retired, top of his game, won the Super Bowl, spent a couple months with his family in retirement and was like, you know what? I would rather be hit in the head really hardly one more season. Like, you know, it's like, it's, I really don't seem to like being with my family. That's how it felt to me. Cause you're like, how do you not, you're out on top and then you come back in. I imagine that's like serving like eight tours in Vietnam. Like well, you, one would be enough. And this guy comes back in and you can tell Giselle is just livid about this whole thing because football is a dangerous sport. Um, I'm sure modeling is a dangerous sport as well now that I think about it. But uh, I, my thought was though, I, this is my favorite recurring meme. It's just the only one man can represent Tom Brady in his divorce with Giselle. And then I have a picture of Craig Conover. Because if you go to Conover Law Firm, it's one of his Instagram accounts for his actual law firm. I'm not making this up for people that don't know. I think you all know Craig Conover has a law firm. He liked the Sewing Down South. I don't think he's the head of it, but he has a lot of pictures of himself in these like really like lawsuits where he's like, He's like, looks very lawyerly. He's like, I'll, I'm going to, don't get run over, call Conover. But I thought it could be, the the phrase would be, when your relationship is over, call Conover. And he could be a divorce attorney. It would be amazing. Also, Craig, if you're listening, please unblock me from Instagram. I'm sort of a fan and I just don't want it to be awkward when we meet at BravoCon next week. Are you guys excited for BravoCon? Who's going? Now, uh, I know a lot of people have said they are. Uh, you, we'll get fr- we're going to do a little bit of a baddie meetup. Uh, so bad it's good. We call ourselves the baddies. Hey, Patreon members. Join the Patreon, guys. Five bucks a month. You get access to over 200 episodes. Remember, the Kardashians are exclusively recapped over there, as well as selling the OC. And there'll be another show exclusively recapped over there soon. So join the club now. Uh, and you get a free holiday card that is specially made just for you. But we're going to do a meetup, and I'll have more information about what day and time so it's not like taking you away from all those things i think it's going to be uh saturday at some point but i'll let you know on friday during the beverly hills recap and i'll keep you posted but i just really my everybody keeps asking who are you excited to meet well sutton of course i would kind of like to meet andy cohen even though i know he won't give me the time of day because i don't have abs um and uh, but sutton is my number one and I think that, I mean, there's probably others that I'm forgetting, but I'm real. I w- I'll be nervous. With, it'll, it'll be like meeting the Pope for me. And then I'll be scared that she'll have heard me do my imitation of her. But there's no way she, I don't know. Anyways, so we got to meet up though at BravoCon. If you're going, we got to meet. We do. And I's going to bring Meditza with me, who does all my graphics and she's like my right-hand person. Sandra, unfortunately, who works for the show also cannot be there, unfortunately, but she'll be there with us in spirit. And I wish I could share some of these back and forth text messages we've been sending the last couple of days because they've been frantic because we're trying to get all of this shit together. 
And I know that sounds crazy. Like, what are you trying to get together? But, you know, I I personally, and I think you know this just by listening, leave so much to the last minute. Uh, so <laughs> we're, 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 we're scrambling. Like, Maritza's got her uh, plane. I don't even have my plane ticket yet. And I'm, I'm working at this other thing for, like, uh, oh, 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 sorry, separate, bro. sorry, my Instagram went off and it reminded me last night, Lisa Rinna, I'm just jumping all over the place. It's fine. You guys, you're used to it. Lisa Rinna, I hate to be the person. I'm probably the first person to break this to you. Um, she's nuts. Like, I mean, just truly, there, it's, it's getting nutty. I mean, it's not even get. It's been nutty. It's past nutty. But she was in her bed. <laughs> she was in her bed last. I, I think I, I don't even know if I mentioned this on yesterday's show, but I did a whole Instagram last night about this where I actually put on, that's how dark I've got. Like this Lisa has affected me so much where I'm putting on lipstick to do Lisa Rinna imitations. Not good ones, but like kind of her as the demon voice. But she was like, I know exactly what I'm doing. I know exactly what I'm doing. Blip. And then she made this weird hand motion and I can't get it over my, I can't get it out of my head. If you want to see my imitation of it, go to my Instagram account and look at the reel I made because it's like truly psychotic. Like, you know how we're like, when we go to bed, we're, we're kind of on our phones, like dancing around, maybe checking out Daily Mail, Twitter, whatever. Lisa Rinna is in there, like <laughs> close to sending death threats on on her. And she's like, don't worry about me. And like, she's in bed. I'm like, why don't you just like go to sleep for the night? She's like, I know exactly. Girl, you're on Real Housewives. You're not in an actual war. Kanye, I have the same thing to say to you as well, buddy. And this guy is, I mean, talk about a grown man. This guy loves Instagramming and then deleting. Like, it's like the sign of a true pussy is when you put something out and then delete it after you get in trouble for it, you know? So he wrote like, yo, we're at war. And I'm like, no, you're not at war, dude. You make way too expensive clothes. You're not at a war, man. Like, honestly, I I mean, people are actually at war out there and it does a really great disservice to people that are actually fighting with each other over like, you know, there's life and death and all of these things happening. And it's like, I'm so sorry, Con. I don't consider your little your little temper tantrums at your fashion show because somebody didn't like it. I don't consider that a war. These words, they actually mean something. You know, so it's whether it be Lisa Rinna threatening whoever she's threatening from her bed. Oh, you TikTokers that are obsessed with me. <laughs> I mean, it's something so perversely funny about it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's scary, but once you get past the scare, and she's sitting there, and a lot of people commented that it looks like, you know, because she had a lip, she had like a major lip surgery that was a botched lip surgery at one point, but now she seems to get injections on top of whatever she initially did to her lips. So it is just, I mean, and just to bring it back to Southern Charm, it's like, Two Craig Conover big sewing down South pillows attached to Lisa Rinna's mouth. And I just, I just want it to be over so bad. And this week we have the finale of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And then we start, of course, whatever. It's going to probably be a 30-part reunion. But at least we're finished with this part. Uh, we'll be finished with this part as of tomorrow night. And that's very exciting for me. Because by the end of the season, you're just like, oh, man, I am ready for this to be done. I am ready for Lisa Rinna to stop talking online. I, uh, I'm i ready for all of it to be over. So, okay, Tom Brady and Giselle. That is one news story. 
Um, let's see some quick light ones before we get to the heavier ones. Uh, Ooh, these are all pretty dark. Um, Chloe Kardashian, you guys, you remember her, one of the Kardashians? Well, she, she found herself in another one of those Photoshopping scandals today. And she posted something that was so obviously Photoshop. Like you could actually see the curve of the wall behind her. And it was just like, come on, man, you are way, this is how I know she is just tight. Like you, why are you posting something this bad? And it made her arm look like a toothpick, like a literal toothpick. And I'm not saying she is not skinny because she is the skinniest I've ever seen her, ever seen her on the Kardashians on Hulu. Like, honestly, just very thin. But she's not so thin that her arm's a toothpick. And you can obviously see all of these things. So Chloe uh, took to Twitter to let us know that she didn't even post that in the first place. She is gaslighting us. She says, I never even posted this. Maybe my glam did, but I didn't. Also, I mean, dot, 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 the bent lines in the back, LOL, please. And then a crying, laughing emoji. Girl, are you another one that's not in charge of their social media account? Like, I love these stars with their social media. It's the one place you can have a personal connection with me as celebrity. And then it's run by Randy in accounting or something. You know? And he's like, Randy, you put the wrong photo up and it complete. The lines are all screwed. Now Chloe's pissed. She looks like a toothpick. Um, so Chloe blamed her glam for it. Like, I, I have a feeling like how many people have access to Chloe's Instagram account? And if you do, please let me do one post for myself. If, if Chloe, if the people that post for Chloe are listening, can I just give one plug for the pod on, you know, we'll leave it up for 30 minutes. That's all I need. It's all I need. Also, in further Kardashian news, which we'll talk more about uh, because I have somebody listening to the Not Skinny, Not Fat Courtney Kardashian was on. Man, that Amanda Hirsch, they love Amanda Hirsch, all the Kardashians, and they're doing her podcast. I mean, that's kind of legendary. I mean, she's kind of the Kardashian go-to podcaster now. Who would fan? I mean, like, I can't even get the Bradshaw bunch. My God, who's going to be my family? What's, what is it, like the sister wives? Can I get Cody and all the wives over? Like, who's going to be like exclusively my family? Because the Kardashians, not skinny, not fat has, if anybody has any ideas, I don't want it to be Big Ed or any 90 day people, but there's got to be some family that will exclu- exclusively do so bad it's good. So Chloe blamed uh, her, her, you know, her people for that one. And that's fine. But on this interview with Not Skinny, Not Fat, Kourtney Kardashian revealed a lot. And I'm going to go more into that uh, on another episode. But the one thing I wanted to bring up today was that she is saying that Penelope has slept in her bed from the beginning, uh, her little daughter, Penelope, that I always think is very uh, wise. Penelope strikes me as one of those people you see in like one of those ring movies or The Conjuring. Like she's like, I see dead people. Like she just sees like, it, like, like she'll see through you. Um, <laughs> so she admits that she still co-sleeps with her 10-year-old daughter, Penelope, Um which is fine. She revealed that on the podcast, but my, I mean, like I, I, now I actually need to listen to this podcast. Marissa, I know you're taking notes for me on this podcast, but let me know exactly what is said because my God, the horrors this Penelope must see, especially with that Travis Barker hanging around. She also admitted that she still does not live in, in the, she does, they don't live in the same house yet. 
Like, what we're doing marriage our way. She's one of those people. Like, we say what marriage is and we say what marriage isn't. And it's not funny. Like, that's cool. You do have the power to do that. But I like when you're super rich and you do that. Like, Gwyneth Paltrow is also a big one with that, too. Remember the, the uh, what is it, con- the... The conscious uncoupling of her and Chris Martin, which shout out to Chris Martin, by the way, Coldplay, they had to cancel a bunch of uh, tour dates overseas because he has a severe um, uh, lung infection. So pray for Chris Martin. Um, That really does sound horrible. You guys, these these musical artists, I, I I talk about that like one seems to go down every week. The weekend couldn't finish his show in Los Angeles. Justin Bieber like was like, I can't tour anymore a couple weeks ago, and then he just we saw a nice photo of him fully disrobing to piss on a tree during a golf outing two days ago. Great. Um, who's the other one guy? The the Mendez kid. Sean uh, Sean Mendez, yeah, right? Like he said he couldn't go on tour for mental health reasons. I'm telling you, the road must kick the living shit out of you. But And imagine if that's your job and you're Chris Martin. You're like, oh, my God, my voice is potentially gone. That would be horrifying. So uh, I guess thoughts and prayers to, to uh, Penelope, Courtney Kardashian's daughter, for having to still sleep in the same bed as Courtney. Like, she's like, Mom, can, Travis is here. Can I please leave? Can I please go to my own big girl bedroom? No, you sleep with me. <laughs> um, okay, furthermore, oh, remember, you guys, I was on Ariana Maddox's podcast called um, uh, Earth to Ariana. Please leave it a five-star review. Please even say that you liked me on it. I'm friends with Ariana, but l- listen, I, I want to. I, I hope it was good. I think it was good. It was a good conversation, but I want to do good for anybody that I'm on their podcast, and I want to be invited back always. And listen, I'm. Tr- I, you guys know, man, I try so hard at this. Maybe I try a little too high, and God's like, uh, if you have to try that hard, maybe it's not for you. Shut up, God. Um so Ariana, go listen to that. We had a blast. And then uh, uh, I'm also on this podcast, So Messy, with Adam from Up and Adam. Let me find this because this guy is great on YouTube. You probably, if you are watching this on YouTube, you know exactly who this dude is. But he has a new podcast with his dude. And I just think he is... I, I, I've said this now multiple times this past week, but I'm just so impressed with this dude. Um, and I wanted to give him another shout out if I could. I was saying so messy, but it's actually called Hot Messy Podcast with Adam Newell and Jason Barrent. And these guys were great. I did this a couple weeks ago, so I hope it still holds up. I think it's going to be out tomorrow, but I'm not sure. But these guys are just great. So the more the merrier at doing all of this. I mean, it's the coolest thing. I always say this is just so neat to be a part of and it really drives you to try to do better and try to do different things. But what's so cool about humanity in general is that we really do have our own voices and our own opinion. And I am a huge fan of so many people uh, that do what I do. And and I, and I it, But it also makes me want to be better, if that makes sense, at what I do. So uh, go check that out. Uh, listen, do we get into this? Oh, uh, Pete Davidson, you guys, he was wearing a bandage and it looks like he got his, uh, my girl is a lawyer, that tattoo removed. Cause he must've found out that Kim actually isn't a lawyer. You guys, if you pass the baby bar, it doesn't make you a lawyer. Everybody has this kind of ridiculous thought that Kim actually is a lawyer. She's not a lawyer yet. I don't care how many tattoos Pete Davidson ever gets. It, his body's literally like that dude in the red dragon. that's just like tattoos everywhere. 
I don't care what he puts on there, but that was just factually incorrect. She was not a lawyer yet. So I'm like, what? So he got that removed supposedly. But I also want to remind people that Pete Davidson branded himself as well. Literally branded himself. I mean, that's ridiculous. It's utterly ridiculous. I don't, I don't know. I don't think you can remove brands. I, I, I don't, I got to rewatch that whole Keith Raniere, the vow documentary. Cause I know they branded themselves, but I really think the brands are there to stay. So I'm curious what Pete will do with that one because who, you know, Pete's obviously going to go through every well-known actress, singer, songwriter. You know, he'll be with everybody at some point. But he finally is going. Someday he will meet the love of his life. And that brand is going to be there forever. And every time, I don't know what, what area is it even on his body? I don't know why I look to the side like somebody's watching me. I'm like, hey, Tommy, what side is, okay, great, Tommy. Um. <laughs> But it's got to be somewhere where some girl is going to be like, every time I look at you, I see that brand and it makes me think of you and Kim. Like, it's just sometimes we rush into things, you know, we just we rush into things. No, but I'm glad he's taking steps to get back to normal. Um, Okay, I've decided. Okay, so this whole Kanye West thing. I think I'm going to save that for Thursday's episode with my Salt Lake City recap. Cause I want to think about it a little more. And right now I'm just kind of, I'm just, I'm con nah, I've been Kanye'd out for years. And, and the only reason I get so angry is because he actually does matter to me. It's kind of like Meredith and, uh, Lisa Barlow, you know, Meredith's like the only reason this hurts so much is because there's a real relationship there. <laughs> so it, 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 but I'll go more into it because I want to cover it from a lot of different angles. Of course, from the Vogue uh, reporter that uh, Kanye went to war with on Instagram that he now says he he had a talk with and everything's great. I also want to remind people that Jason Lee, his new publicist, quit uh, as of yesterday as well. I mean, Gigi Hadid even went after Kanye. You even got Gigi into this. Gigi, you know, Yolanda's like, just eat your almonds. Don't, don't, don't be mad. But I'm, I, he should like sometimes, man, just because you are the loudest person in the room and you say 30% of things that are amazing, sometimes you got to shut the fuck up for the other 70% of the times. Like this man would be so, if he would just listen, like honestly, truly, I don't, listen, I know you got a superpower with your mental illness that you don't take medicine for, which really hurts me because I have a, a person that I'm very close to, to in my life that is... Uh, bipolar and is dealing with that, you know, that looks up to Kanye and it just makes me livid that this is an example of like, well, you know, and it, 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 I I sometimes have to take a step back because I know it's ridiculous because I have nothing to do with Kanye. I'm just a podcaster, but I see how this stuff works and how it percolates through the system. You know, pop culture is so powerful. It can be so exciting because we attach ourselves and we love a song or a movie or a TV show so much and it makes our lives so much better. And Kanye has so much goodwill because he gave us so many of those memories. And what I see this all disintegrating into, it just makes me jaded in the end because it's all these people that end up billionaires. They always want to say they're helping the world. And I just don't feel like they ever do. It just feels like they're working on their own personal wealth. They never can take criticism. They never actually look into themselves getting better. And then they just hurt a lot of people. And the rhetoric is so hateful. And then you bring up the... You bring up the name of God so much 
that you make God seem like sometimes that, well, man, if you bring it up so much and you're such an asshole, I mean, what is your God like that you feel like, you know, it is appropriate for this behavior? You know, I don't know. I've been thinking about religion. I told you guys this last week so much lately. And, you know, these lessons supposedly that the the Bible wants to teach us. And I just don't get it that like, if you profess that you are so into God and you do your Sunday service and you do it all for him and all of this stuff, that excuses you from saying that like still, I mean, Kanye said like a month ago that he still had a porn addiction, you know, that he was dating OnlyFans models stills and nothing is wrong with that. Like I said, I am, there is like, this is not sex shaming at all. But all of the things that supposedly a God-fearing, you know, Christian or whatever, he seems to do all of those things. And I always want to know the thought process is that he thinks he puts out so much good that it's all right for him to sin if you are following the word of the Lord. Do you know what I'm saying? Anyway, so I wanted to think about it more of a day before I actually get into it because it really depresses me. Uh, also, I want to talk tomorrow about a Brad Pitt story that came out uh, because I had always told you guys, uh, I always wanted to know what happened on the jet that night with Angelina Jolie and their kids on a private jet. And we never really knew. This is years ago. And this is what caused the divorce. Well, we're finally getting way more information about this in court filings from Angelina Jolie. You know what? Let me actually just talk about this right now so I don't have to talk about it tomorrow. This is horrifying. I mean, this is truly horrifying. And uh, we know something horrible happened, but we never really knew the exact details. We did know, though, there you would have little hints like Brad Pitt stopped drinking after this. You know, he became sober. So we did hear that he was very drunk on this private jet and there was some, some sort of abuse that happened. And whatever happened was so bad, spurned the divorce of Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. So uh, th this came uh, out in court papers because they are fighting over a winery, the Chateau Miraval, that uh, Angelina sold. And Angelina Jolie sold her stake in the winery, and Pitt is arguing that they had an unwritten agreement that they would continue to jointly own the estate, and has sued Angelina for selling it. Now Jolie has filed court documents, and in these court documents. He talks about the circumstances of that night, and it says that Brad Pitt ch choked one of their six children, poured beer over her, grabbed her by the hair, and slammed her into the wall. Um, so this was supposedly the violent dispute, allegedly, according to Angelina Jolie. And... Uh, Brad Pitt has always denied violence against any of the children, this article says, but like I said, admitted he had problems with alcohol. So I'm sure we're going to keep hearing more and more about this. And I beg of myself and anybody with these stories, you know, let's really try, you know, to kind of take our personal opinions out of that. Because a lot of people have this weird thing about Angelina, Angelina Jolie, like, you know, I think it's weird if you want to talk about it just in pop culture circles, she was always considered the other woman and the woman that broke up the relationship uh, of Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt. For all you kids out there, they uh, Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt were once married. Okay, good. Um, and there's these famous photos. I actually talked about it with Troy and Kelly from uh, Beyond the Blinds when they were on a couple, week, or a couple months ago. Is that there are these photos 
of the last weekend, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston, they went on vacation together to talk about their split. And there's this photo of them like walking on the beach hand in hand. And this was like the last weekend that they were actually together. And he swore up and down that it was not because of Angelina Jolie that they were shooting Mr. and Mrs. Smith at the time, but that's what it was. So I think Angelina Jolie always got unfairly blamed because in this society, we do tend to blame women over men a lot of the times, and especially when they're a star, right? Um, So... I am very curious to hear more of this. Now, with Brad Pitt, I've always admired him as an actor. He's always kind of made me laugh. I mean, just insanely, unfairly good-looking. So uh, I'm very disappointed. But also, I always talk about this show, too, about forgiveness. Like what? what so if this man was just stinking drunk and then he sobered up after this, uh, you know, I do wonder, can you be forgiven for that? I mean, obviously, he's still working on forgiveness from his kids. Has he taken blame? And as part of taking blame, admitting publicly. Because we also have that thing of, well, well you know, in our private lives— we don't have to share what we do on a day-to-day basis, right? Like imagine if you had to wake up tomorrow and your worst moment with your boyfriend, girlfriend, wife, husband, whatever, you had to announce it on the Daily Mail. Like that would suck. Because if you're like, oh man, I don't want to do that. I thought we could just handle this between us and our therapist or whatever. I always think about these things, but you never abuse women, just period. You never, it seems like you would think it would be like an easier thing. Um, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't, don't forcibly hit or choke a woman. And then it just seems like it always isn't that easy for people, which I, I don't know, boggles my mind. Hey, I'm glad I said, hey, that was fun. What a fun story that was. You're welcome, you guys. I swear to God, this is, okay, you know what? I'm going to end, I'll end the, the pop culture segment with, a silly story, if you will. Uh, and this involves chess. Now, uh, I will, you guys, I w- I'm an idiot. I can't, I, I can't even pretend to want to learn to play chess. Like, I think when I was a kid, somebody like once was like, oh, here, and started, and I was like, just glazed over. I was like, what's on TV tonight? You know, I, I was, I just, you know, checkers, I'm not even, I'm not even good at connect four, you guys. That's how, that's how my mind goes. It's not game. I'm I don't, I'm not in video games. Anyways, anyways, this is one of my favorite Daily Mail headlines I've read in a long time. Um, <laughs> U.S. chest grandmaster, age 19, accused of using anal beads to beat world champ Magnus Carlsen. He likely cheated more than 100 times to win cash in online games by using a second screen. I mean, first off, how about, I mean, kids give the kid a trophy. If he's going to put anal beads up there to win, like this kid wants it, man. I bet Tom Brady would put anal beads up there if he, if, you know, he wants to win so much. So what they're saying, you guys, this is just, I had no idea chess was this exciting. I'm like, now I'm like, well, maybe I am into chess. (laughs) So this kid, 19 year old kid, they're saying he put anal, allegedly put anal beads in his bottom, where I think the anal beads go, which I think that's why they call it anal beads. Are you guys uncomfortable with me saying anal? Not uh, anal. Okay. I'm uncomfortable. And I guess the the coach is like, because chess, chess players have coaches, I guess, on the sidelines. I don't know how this game is played. And the coach like would would buzz the anal bead within this gentleman's anus. And it would then like 
tell him if he was making a right move or a wrong move. And then there's all these examples of this kid that he has potentially done everything to cheat so many times throughout his career. He's only 19. And then this like world champ was like, yo, the the kid made the first move the other day. And this world champ uh, was like, no, this, this guy was like, no, I'm not playing this kid. He's cheating. I don't think he said he's this. Let's check this guy's anus. Cause Something doesn't feel right, but he refused to play because he said this guy's a cheater. And now there's this whole like this. By the way, this must be the most exciting thing to happen that's come out of chess in since that Bobby Fisher kid. Um, there's a 72 page report from Chess.com. Chess.com. I'm so sorry. I'm laughing at myself because I'm an idiot. But there's an actual Chess.com, um, and it found that chess prodigy Hans Mölk Neiman. Hey, Hans, put those anal beads on. Hey, Hans, 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 here's those anal beads. Wait, by the way, talk about preparing for game time. Hans, here's your anal beads. Please go in the bathroom and insert. Your, does the coach insert the anal beads? How are the anal Like, what if one of the anal beads, what if it's faulty, you know? I mean, this just shows you I don't have the competitive spirit. Like, if you told me I was going to the podcasting championship, which I don't even think exists, they'd be like, Ryan, you have a chance of even being in the top 10 of podcasting, but we're going to need to jam uh, just a big necklace of anal beads up your behind. I would be like, you know what? I'm more of an independent podcast. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'm... I like to be... The bad boy, you know, but not like that kind of bad boy, you know, but so now I kind of want to read this report, man. Maybe I'll do this as a special Patreon episode. Uh, The report also found that Neiman confessed to his flagrant cheating after the platform banned him. Uh, The damning report comes as world number. Yeah, so this is great. By the way, Dame.com is not the sponsor this week, but I think they should be because... Maybe they are the sponsor this week. I don't know. They sell adult toys and they're amazing. But I wonder if they, I don't think they have anal beads, but if they do, I would recommend that this kid use Dame anal bead products to win chess. I mean, also that would be good for the anal bead company to be like, want to play like a pro? Play with our beads. Anal bead, you know, it's not just for sex people anymore. You know, like it's a good way to brand outside because, you know, with the, with the sex toys, you're just you're going for a very specific market. But if we could then find different ways to use these toys, like to cheat, that's a whole. You're talking about a whole another revenue stream. I'm like Craig Conover, man. I just, it's my vision, right? It's my vision. Okay, you guys, I'm gonna take a quick break. Uh, I'm actually you're not gonna. I'm personally gonna take a quick break. You're not gonna even hear the quick break because I'm gonna hit pause and I'm gonna hit uh, record again when I'm done with my quick break. Isn't it fun to the magic behind the curtain? Okay, one sec. Bop-a-doo, it's easy as Ooh-hoo. I, once again, want to tell you how much I 
love and adore that song. That song, I I think I've said it, but I'm scared. Like, did I just bell? I'm scared that I haven't even drank in like day. Um, I'm scared that when I pass away, whenever that is, I will hear the Southern Charm theme song go through my head. Can you imagine? You're like on your deathbed and all you hear is like, Papa do, Papa dee, it's easy. As the birds and the bees and the one, two, three. Woo-hoo. As I take my last breath. Oh my God. I'm so happy this show is. I, I Obviously, I am not well. Um, what a journey we've had this season, folks. Uh, a season of surprises and the fact that they will introduce characters and they will just disappear. <laughs> this is the show that will introduce, I mean, season after season, they just disappear and then we never hear from them again and we don't even mention them half of, half of the time. Like, there are certain ones like Thomas Ravenel that, yeah, like, get the, get the flip off the show. I mean, but like Chubbs or Cleb or Caleb, Catherine's boyfriend... We know they broke up, but he's gone. Like, they don't even be like, well, he'll no longer be on the episode. None of the guys are close enough. They're like, hey, Chubbs, how you doing, bud? You, you hanging in there? Like, we didn't even get that call. And then John Pringle, I hear he's in San Diego with his kids, which is, like, amazing, man. Like, obviously seems like a good dad. But, like, you get us... I'm not saying I got attached to these people, but come on, give them a proper send off. Have like Austin be like, Hey, Pringle here. You're in San Diego. Hope you're having a good time, man. We miss you here. We're We're going to keep drinking. Bye. Like that's all it takes. Why do you, why does the producer, why do people think that we just don't care? I spend more time thinking about where these people are than I actually do the plot line. What happened to Leva's husband? Where is Leva's husband? I mean, I like, is this a Dateline episode? Do we need to be worried about Leva's husband? He was on last season. Where is Leva's husband? And then we throw in people like Vanita where it's like, okay. And then Vanita kind of has like, like tertiary, like little connections, but doesn't like, she gets like picked on. And then like, she gets thrown in the scenes just to pick on her. Like I truly sometimes don't understand it, but saying all of that, I love the show dearly. And that's why I think us Bravo fans, we contain multitudes. We can love and dislike a show at the same time. We can point out the... It's like, that's that's what it means when you're family. Is that we can point out the mistakes of these shows because we love them so much. I love to talk about Southern Charm. I will say it is one of the most bizarrely put together shows, though. And this finale was weird it was just like i mean the last scene you guys well the last scene was kind of really dark because it was the shep and taylor thing but if you actually the last scene was just 10 minutes later at craig's party and everybody's like just having some drinks that was the end of the season like that was it like i would rather watch them stuff pillows all together as a group like it was truly bizarre but at the same time they gave us so many great moments this season uh, as I say that out loud, I can't tell you one of them, but I know I was very happy. And if you go back and l listen to any of the recaps, I mean, we got Naomi, we got Craig getting angry all the time. We got Craig getting drunk. We have Austin doing what Austin does, just being that charming six foot, eight billion tall man. That's, I'm just so tired of the dog. I cannot wait to meet Austin in person. Should I... Should I reach out to Austin and go, hey, man, I know I, I joke around with you a lot. Okay, could we, could, we meet, could we meet up, man? Like, like do you think, should I, should, how should I handle the Bravo Lebs, you guys? Especially the ones I make fun of. How do I handle, should I, should I just, 
should I wear a wig? Or, I mean, they, they probably won't even know me, but I mean, I'm not, I shouldn't say anything like, oh, I have a podcast where I talk about you. I should just say, hi, I'm Ryan. I'm a fan. But then I think they'll be like, why is this older dude with a motorcycle cop mustache? Why, you know, this guy is giving off huge bad boy straight vibes. And <laughs> from what I see, there's a lot of uh, ladies and a lot of uh, gay dudes here. But this guy, very straight energy, even though he has uh, the village people cop mustache. <laughs> so... I am scared about meeting some of these people. Wow, I mean, dude, but at the same time, I just keep thinking, how funny would it be to get a picture with Austin? Also, about BravoCon, I forgot to say this earlier. I have to now come in a day earlier. I was supposed to come in Thursday. I have to come in Wednesday now. And this is going to sound like a joke. And I swear, I wish it was. Uh, I need a place to crash Wednesday night because I don't want to pay another $500 for a one night at a hotel room. So if there's anybody that's not a serial killer, now that's a very important one. I don't want to, I'm not speaking out against serial killers, uh, even though you, that Dahmer, you guys, you guys are all sickos. It's like, it's the number, it's like one of the number one shows being streamed right now. Like they judge streaming numbers by the month and the month still has like 14 or 15 days left in it for like the ratings. And it's already like the number five most streamed show for the month. You guys are sick fucks. Like seriously, I couldn't make it past the second episode of that. And then I have some, I said it on the podcast now multiple times. I, I have people still in my DMs going, you really should finish it. I'm like, why are people encouraging me to watch this sick, sick man? Like, I don't need to feel bad for this dude at all. Like, um, but okay, so off the serial killer thing, though, I, I do need a place to crash. If anybody does live in New York and would like to ha uh, host Ryan Bailey from the podcast So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, uh, we'll, I'll get you on the podcast. I'll get you on the podcast. You can tell people what it's like to hear me snore. You can just watch me while I sleep. Just... Just like my mom used to do. No, no, but I, I'm serious. If anybody does know any suggestions or that, because I have to book something tomorrow if I can't find a place. I could just wander around the streets of New York, but I feel like that might just set the weekend, the week off. You know, like, I want to be rested because I have a lot of stuff I need to do on Thursday. Um, man. Okay. So yeah, that that is actually a true request. If anybody has any ideas, please let me know. Um, because me and Medita, we have a hotel room for like the other four or five days that were there and that's all paid for. And that was like really expensive, which is fine, you know, and that's yeah, I'm just so lucky to be going, but I really don't want to, <laughs> really don't want to pay for another night. So if anybody's really nice and cool in New York and want to take me in, I'd appreciate it. I'll buy, I'll give you like a, so bad it's good t-shirt or something cool like that. Okay. That was sad for me to do that. That, that came off pathetic. Anyways, back to the other, uh, males that are also pathetic. The men of Southern charm. This episode is called, uh, wreck the halls episode 15, only a 15 episode season. Um, I always like that they keep Southern charm seasons a little shorter because you really do feel when Beverly Hills drags it out into 21, 22 episodes, you feel it, you feel it in your bones. It's like when, you know, you, you feel rain coming. If you have a bad knee, you're like, uh, 
my niece's rain's coming. Like, I feel that with these shows. You're just like, it's, it's, uh, it feels like a 21 episode season. 15 is great. And especially when you are petering out, like you don't have enough content. So 15 is just right. Wreck the Halls, of course, is a play off of Deck the Halls. Very clever. I love it. Uh, we always get, uh, the previously on Southern Charm and Naomi... Claps to Naomi. You have done the voiceover the entire season. Now, I remember when she first started the voiceover of Previously on Southern Charm, she wasn't good at it, but she really, I think, stuck the landing and she's gotten so much better as a voiceover artist for the Previously on Southern Charm. So we see Previously on Southern Charm. We see Austin and Olivia smooch. Ooh, it's St. Simon's Island. And then we see Whitney and Naomi smooch, which is not as cutesy. Ooh. Uh, and then we hear, then we hear, Baba. So we see Austin, Olivia Smooch, Whitney, and Naomi Smooch, and then we hear Baba Doo. While some of us were having fun in St. Simon's, and then we see Austin, Taylor, and uh, um, Olivia go. Let's play a drinking game about the conversation Shep, Naomi, and Whitney are having. Every time Shep says crazy or happy, drink, and then Shep goes, "Are you crazy?" They drink and laugh in the other room. Um, are you? I'm happy. They drink again. Everybody's laughing, and then the voiceover goes. Whitney decided to push the envelope, which pissed off Shep. This is the other shit that I'm talking about, especially with this episode, but this is why sometimes I think these things are staged. I'm so sorry. Um, I have indigestion. (laughs) Let's see if Danny Pellegrino does that on his pod, huh? Indigestion. Um, Is that they'll set... Think about writing an outline for school, right? You have your thesis statement, and you have your three, you know, the three paragraph structure. So it says, Whitney decided to push the envelope, which pissed off Shep. Whitney was just saying, like, Whitney was barely saying anything. So I don't even understand. It should have just been Shep drank too much and was overly sensitive. But they try to make this like a plot line, like Whitney actually said something of note, and he didn't. And this episode is full of those things where it's like, wait, I don't understand why people are upset about sitting at the second table. There's a second table actually set up. Like, I don't I don't understand why it's a bad thing to sit at the second table. You've really not set that up good enough. And obviously, if Leva is talking to Craig's staff at the end and Craig gets upset, she was whispering. How the hell is Craig even hearing? Like, how good of hearing does Craig Conover have? Like, that's what I I get so confused because it almost then, I just want the reality of it. Is the reality of it, the producer runs up and go, hey, by the way, Leva is talking shit about you right now. I want to see that. Let me know that. Because if not, I feel like Craig has bionic hearing or something. And I'm like, this guy's a mutant and he has super hearing abilities and we need to study him, you know? So, uh, so then we also see in the uh, previous scenes, you know, Shep got in Taylor's face like, I've never loved anyone more than you. (laughs) All whispery. And Austin lost his cool, you guys. And he's like, I can't with Shep being, hey, Taylor, listen to me. I love you, fucking moron. I love that Austin's imitation of Shep is a southern accent. And I was like, that's kind of it. And then Shep, of course, drunkenly was like, I can't believe I'm sharing oxygen with you. Like a pro wrestler. And then we hear the music, the kids go loco, which is one of my favorite parts of that song. 
And then Olivia goes, sorry, and then Naomi goes, but by the next morning, we were one big happy family again. And after a day of shrimping and golfing, it's a dangerous game, don't you know, don't you know? We were even planning our next get together. And then Craig's like, sewing down south had a really good year this past year, and I'm going to do a holiday party and everybody's invited. You know, Craig always talks, this is, you know, he's, he's taught, he's like so good looking that he doesn't fully sometimes, like he just looks like, he speaks in the lower jaw area. Um, and, uh, then Naomi goes until Vanita decided to go to the wrong side because Vanita just said, Hey, maybe we should just listen, you know, like kind of listen to Craig got his feelings hurt. And Naomi goes, Vanita, shut up. And Craig goes, oh, the classy girl at the table. Oh, telling the world to shut up now. And then Naomi goes, leaving me out in the cold. And then Craig's like, you're not welcome to my party. This is why I don't hang out with you. It brings me to a level I don't like. Enjoy the rest of your dinner, everybody. And he walks out. It's easier, the birds and the bees and the one, two, threes. Hoo-hoo. So we start off this episode with uh, a jazzy jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle bells, and we see bows, red bows, wreaths. It's ho- it's Christmas time, you guys. It's the holidays, and Craig is in his sewing down south store, and he's like, "I'm excited. It's Christmas. It's holiday time," and he's stuffing a pillow with whatever he puts in those pillows, and. He's like, this tree is now permanently on display at Sewing Down South for the season. And we're doing a winter wonderland party for Sewing Down South. And hopefully you got, because all the staff is there, hopefully you guys won't get too sick of the Christmas music too soon, you know? Which, by the way, I love, I mean, Craig, I, I do love certain things about Craig. I love that he loves the holidays. I love that I know this man probably loves the Hocus Pocus movies on Disney. I love that he probably has. He's like a Disney adult. I love Love that. I have no problem with that. I do love the staff there because also just just a quick tip. Look around in that scene. There's a couple of employees they show shit like just normal people, a guy and a girl. They're not at the fucking holiday party at the end. Like didn't did he not inv- like he talks about the holiday party in the scene and then two of his staff members that I I mean there was more than that, but like they're not even invited. It's almost like this party is set up for the show. But I'm like, why aren't you inviting all the employees, Craig? Or are these just two strangers that are sitting in on your employee meeting? Like, let us know. We cut to um, this lady named Marcy. Uh, (laughs) Shep's cousin. She was the one that was pregnant all season. I thought she was a ghost, but it turns out she's a real person and she's not pregnant anymore. And uh, she's with Taylor shopping. It's 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 a Marcy Taylor scene. This is what I'm talking about. Like you, like characters disappear right and left. And then you add characters like Marcy where you're like, what? And no offense to Marcy. Like, honestly, honestly, no offense to Marcy. She's probably awesome. But I'm like, what? And also she's like literally about to give birth. Who over at Southern Charm is like, that sounds exciting. Let's get her in there. You know, like also the way these people drink and fight. Yeah, let's get a pregnant lady around, around just to just try to make as stressful of a birth for her leading up to the actual birth of her child. So she obviously delivered. Everything is good. Uh, you know, she no permanent damage was done to Marcy. Um, but Marcy lets us know she wants to feel sexy. And I'm like, Marcy, me too, brother, me too. And then we cut to Vanita and her friend Tati. 
And Benita's showing the dress for the holiday party. And she's like, that's a nipple issue on that dress. It says show up, not show out. I'd like to not be so sex shamey. I'm all for seeing nipples. The more nipples, the better, especially during the holidays. It's something to hang an ornament on. It's not my it's not my finest episode ever. Um, so we cut to Shep. He, of course, is uh, at a, at a dra- uh, suit jacket store, which, by the way, I got fitted for a suit today, you guys, for BravoCon. And I went downtown to the garment district and they do these like, but it's so cool. Like it's not, it's like, like, like a cheap suit place, but it is really cool. But, and then they tailor it and stuff like that, supposedly. So I can't wait to rip my pants at BravoCon. And you guys can see that I don't wear underwear just like Craig Conover because I, I had to go do the suit thing. Cause legitimately guys, I told you, I just wear basketball shorts and like, just imagine just me just wandering around BravoCon, just in my my normal basketball shorts. And this is the first time, by the way, if you're watching YouTube, that I have, if you don't, I've not worn a baseball cap. I have worn a baseball cap, I think, in every YouTube video we've done. I have, it, it was like three months since my last haircut. So that is how, that's how insane everything got in just terms of not doing anything to to clean myself. Um, so Shep's in a blue jacket and Austin is in this white jacket with black stripes and Shep's like, you look like Roger Federer. And then we cut to Leva and guess what? Leva's, Leva's son, her normal scene partner, is nowhere to be found. So Leva is doing a scene with her other scene partner, her dog, Lucy. My theory was that I thought we were leading up to this kid cooking like a five course meal because every other episode we see Leva teaching him how to cook something to the point where I was like, this, this has to come back at some point. Like, why are they showing this so much? But uh, she also did a couple scenes with her. Like, does nobody want to shoot with Leva? Like, I know we're trying to keep her on because she's doing her own Vanderpump Rules type spinoff. But I do want to post, I want to pose this question, especially after the last scene with Leva, where I don't think she came off that great. I mean, Craig didn't come off great either, but Leva seemed, the way they edited it, it seemed super annoying. And I, I just have to wonder, like, does she, can she hold that type of show? Could, I mean, can she really be the matriarch figure of a Vanderpump Rules type of show? Like, you know, I, it's like Lisa's like talking to her like, oh, Ducky, oh, my little mini ponies. Oh, my animals. Oh, but like Leva, I don't think I want to see a sexy bartender show where I have to see you with your kid or your dog every week. Like I, you don't have the same magic yet as dare I say, Elisa Vanderpump. Does that make sense to you guys? Like maybe in years to come, but I'm just like, why are, there's, hmm. Oh, so um, Leva's like, uh, oh, Lucy, you're a dog. Ha, ha, ha. And then she goes, I need cold air because I'm in my 40s and it gets hot. She's like just talking to herself. Like nobody wants to talk to Leva. The phone rings on FaceTime and it's Olivia calling her. And she's like, I'm setting up my new office on the third floor, Olivia. And Olivia's like, okay, wanted to call and see how you're doing because you didn't go on the trip and stuff. Once again, I'm still livid that she is able to not go on the trips and stuff. Like, do we need another person that bad where we're just like, we cut away from the action to go see her and her dog? Like, like what? I, I, there's got to be some secret that we don't know because I don't understand it. Um, so uh, she's like, yeah, you know, I just, uh, 
I didn't want that energy of all the guys, and I wanted to be home with my kid. And, you know, I heard bits and pieces from Naomi. Also, Leva, you can be home with your kid all day, all night long for the rest of your life if you want to. Just don't sign up for the show. Like, you know, like nobody's making you be on this show. I know it's a good opportunity, but then play ball. You got to go on these trips, you know? And uh, Olivia's like, yeah, we got the moody tornado named Craig at dinner. And Lev is like, Naomi said he was really mean. Yeah, he snapped. And Lev goes, another reason why I didn't want to be there, because at Thanksgiving, Craig hurt my feelings for Naomi. And then we get that flashback from three weeks ago where uh, he had said, oh, my crazy ex-girlfriend, Naomi. And Lev is like, Craig, stop. And Craig's like, no, Lev, you stop. And... He goes, when he go, when Craig goes off on Naomi, I'm instantly protective. You know, I'm friends with Craig too, but I don't think it's okay to talk to people that way. And I don't think it's okay to talk to people that way either, but I do want to be realistic with you guys, right? I think there are those people, they could be our exes um, or other people that we just are that way around. And it, it it's not right. Like we're not right in that. You're not supposed to talk to people like that. But there are just certain people that we treat poorly for some reason, and it sucks. But it, it makes. And by the way, it ends up making us just look bad. It makes Craig look bad when he does that. Um. So uh, he's like, I see your side of it. I I really do. <laughs> Olivia's like, I see your side of it. I really do. Okay. Anyways, are you going to Craig's Winter Wonderland? And Lev is like, Yeah. And Olivia says, I want to go there and have a good time and like dip in one piece. I love that Olivia is like a little bit younger. So she says cool words like, I want to dip. I want to peace out. I want to dip, man. Like I want to go and have a good time and then dip and just like chill out, chill with chill to the max, you know, just want to dip. Now is the part of the show where I get to talk about our sponsors. And today, So Bad It's Good is sponsored by our friends at BetterHelp. Now, I always talk about mental health on this show, and uh, I've been lucky enough to talk about BetterHelp so many times, and it is a great company. Um, A lot of the times I'll find myself stuck on um, focusing on problems or just negative thought patterns, and I will do nothing to try to fix it. I'll just be on a circular repeat of negativity, of the problem, of negativity, of the problem. And I never work or never even think about trying a different mindset. And it can be tough to train your brain to stay in problem-solving mode when faced with a challenge in life, which we are now faced with every day, especially when you get older. Doesn't it feel like that? Every day, every week, something new is thrown at you. But when you learn how to find your own solutions, there's no better feeling. So a therapist can help you become a better problem solver, making it easier to go accomplish your goals, no matter how big or small. Now, I have a personal experience with better help. They do help me. I do have problems. That is, they are good people to talk to that can actually point you in the right direction of problem-solving modes, of getting you out of repetitive negative thought cycles. And I know I'm not supposed to say negative things, but sometimes I can be a bit lazy. And it is really great because you do not even have to get in your car to go someplace to do this. You can do this online. You can work this around your schedule. Um, what inspired me to go to therapy is uh, 
I, I do. I, I have a very negative uh, glass half empty kind of way of looking at the world. And I always have. But I always have. Uh, but I also have this weird, like, great hope for everything and, and for people. And I don't understand sometimes why I have both of those feelings. And it was a problem that became something that I couldn't deal with by myself. And I got scared because if you look at, uh, you know, just normal insurance uh, or normal therapy, if you don't have insurance, you're, you can look up something like $500, $500 for an hour of therapy. I can't do that. Um, but with better help, they are cost effective on top of everything else. Um, you become more confident. You actually have tools that you can put in your toolkit that you can learn. So when things do go wrong, you don't feel like the world is falling. Sometimes you do, but then you learn to think the thoughts and breathe and do all of the things that help you get to a better headspace. Um, so if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, which I think everybody should give it a try, I think this is the one thing where it's like, this should be like skippity-doo-dah. Like everybody should be happy to get to go to therapy. Like, listen, you get to talk about yourself for like 50 minutes. And some people might not like that, but that's fine. Take your time. This is your time. These people are, are professionals. Um, BetterHelp is a great option to start with. It's convenient, it's accessible, affordable, and entirely online, like I said. You can get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey and switch therapists at any time. Remember, this is not something that is just going to be fixed like that. This is not just a glove that's going to fit perfectly. You're going to need to participate in all of this. Your first therapist might not be the right therapist for you, and that's okay. Go to another therapist. Find out what works for you. But all you have to do is just take that first step. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit, visit betterhelp.com slash so bad today to get 10% off your first month. That's better, B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash so bad. Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. 
So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. That's, that's how we do it. Do a Jaeger bomb and then we dip, man. Just peaceful all the way. Um, so, <laughs> and then Olivia goes, I think it's wishful thinking with this group. And we cut to Craig and Craig throws like one of those like Insta logs on the fire. And he's like all cragged out in a sweater and he's pouring himself a nice glass of wine. And Paige comes in and goes, this is so cute. <laughs> and he goes, I got your favorite things. He does that. Ba- I, he says favorite. I got your favorite things in a baby's voice. And she's like, I love this. Oh, my God. And it literally looks like this man just threw a cheese ball on a plate. And I'm like, this, you know, this ain't a charcuterie board, dude. No offense. But it's like, put a cheese ball on a plate. And she's like, mmm, what's this kind? And he's like, that's a cheese ball. And she eats it. And she judges it like Paige does. She judges everything. And she's sitting down. So she's in her judging mood. She does her best judging when she's sitting or laying. She goes, wow, I've been fucking up not eating cheese balls. I feel so Christmassy right now. There is nothing that puts me more in the holiday mood than a real heavy cheese. (laughs) A real heavy dairy cheese. And then Craig's like, I want to show you the mock-up for the event for the holiday party. And he busts out an iPad. And I was like, man, look at the Craig. Like, Craig's, like, getting, like, designs sent to him. Like, that's, I was like, that's the life I want. Like, people say, like, look at this design for your holiday party. He's like, this is the layout. And Paige's like, I love those trees. And a talking head, Craig goes, I love Christmas. And I dreamt of having a company big enough to have a company Christmas dinner. Which, by the way, you know who else probably did that? Seth Marks. Because in last week's uh, Real Housewives of uh, Salt Lake City, we found out that Seth is responsible for 4,000 employees, according to Meredith Marks. I like to do holiday parties, too. It's very exciting, huh? Huh? In Canton, Ohio, I love to do holiday parties. Um so Craig's praise. I like as a young boy, Craig now has let us know this season that he's dreamt about his wedding. He's always dreamt about his wedding. And also Craig is, has always, since he was a kid, has always dreamt not owning a company, but having a holiday party for his company. And Paige is like, wow, is this a full sit down dinner? He's like, yeah. And she goes, question, are you doing a seating chart? And he's like, No. I just, everyone knows each other. Everyone is grown up. Everyone, you know, everyone's grown up enough to pick out where they want to sit. Now, this is the first, you know, this is, I guess, the main issue of the whole finale of this season is that Craig didn't do a seating chart. Classic Craig. He does all this stuff and then he fucks it out. He doesn't stick the landing, doesn't make a seating chart. And this is another one of those things that I just get so jaded where I'm like, we hear it so much in this episode about the seating chart that at a certain point I'm like, is this set up to, did the producers go, Craig, just don't have a seating chart, you know, just say, just find a route, but don't do it. And that way we can have some natural drama there. It just feels so set up because we keep hearing it for the rest of this thing to the point where I'm like, why are we hearing it this much? Like, I kind of understand what he's saying. Like, we're all friends because if you look at this party, when you get there, there's like 25 people there max. Yeah, like, do we need a seating chart? Like, if 
I mean, I, I kind of understand what Craig's saying, but I guess since they're all nutty, loony, dramatic people, they do need a seating chart. It'll haunt me until my dying days. And um, Paige is like, well, I see a seating chart as controlling the chaos. You know, you probably don't want Madison sitting somewhere near Olivia because they've both touched Austin's dick. And then Craig's like, well, then they just don't sit next to each other. I mean, like, right? In a perfect world, that's what you would do. And Paige is like, well, I guess I'm just biased because, like, I want what I want. And we're like, we know, Paige, we know. And Craig's like, well, as you know, I uninvited Naomi. But and Paige's like, well, I feel like if you don't invite her, it kind of makes it a bigger thing. And I think it's harsh and you look petty. And I know you're not petty. This actually does make sense. Um, in a talking head, Craig goes, I want this gala to be happy. I've been dreaming about this since I was a young boy. And a celebration, I want it to be fun and not me having to deal with shit from my past. He's so angry about his past, you guys. Like, you know, like how we all have like dark secrets in our past, some of us. Craig's big secret is that he's just mad that Naomi broke up with him at some point. Ugh, I have to keep getting reminded because of this stupid show. It would be cool if it's sewing down south. Craig has a pillow that's like just says Naomi sucks. I I don't like Naomi's new nose. Come get that pillow. It's sewing down south. Um, so he's like, yeah. Well, I think calling her. Yeah, maybe I will. And Paige's like, yeah, you know, call her and re-invite her. You know, you it can be like an olive branch, and you know, you guys can coexist. You don't have to be friends. And he goes, if she wants to come, fine. I just don't want to interact with her anymore. <laughs> this is the man in charge of a company. Like, I did say this. I, I, I thought this. Like, I was like, just because I thought about Kanye so much today. There's like some weird similarities I was seeing between Kanye and Craig Conover. You know, it's like this man's so proud of his company. He did a really cool thing. He really built this thing up. And it's really something to be proud of. But then he's like... I want to talk to Noi. I want to talk to. Uh, we cut to upbeat, festive music, and we see the bridge. This bridge, and somebody told me the the reason they keep showing this bridge, you guys, it's like it's a Ravenel bridge. It's like it actually, there's a reason why they keep showing that bridge. I could have actually got that wrong. I uh, I, I I might have not gotten that information correct but it is there's some tie to the bridge uh now we're at miss pat's house and there are all sorts of weird scary holiday directions uh, decorations like it's like it feels like there's like weird like a little baby head like plastic baby heads and just just weird like things that you would be like oh is this am i are we like at universal haunted halloween nights like what's going on it's a little scary you know and naomi comes in and she's like this is gonna be fab miss pat and um, Naomi's like, shambongs and caviar. So shambongs, you guys, it's like a champagne bong. There you go. And Miss Pat goes, you don't, eh, you don't, you've not done it before. You've done it before, shambongs. And Miss Pat goes, a friend of mine gave me shambongs and I never heard of it. You know, they're long stemmed pipes. You pour the champagne in and you drink it all at once. 
<laughs> I've never been high on champagne. I, I'm sure I could do five shambongs, and I, it wouldn't have any effect on me. In fact, you know, the one time I had ten shambongs, I had Whitney. That was the night Whitney was conceived. Shut up, Mom. That's not a cool story to tell. Uh, Madison comes in. is like, Merry Christmas, Miss Pat. And... Um, Miss Pat goes, where's Whitney? Where's my, my server boy? Whitney, Whitney, chop, chop. Whitney comes in. He's wearing some like weird denim cow, not denim, but it's like a cow, has like a little cowboy sewing in it. It's like, dude, you're not Johnny Cash, man. You're Whitney. Like, just be, be proud to be Whitney. <laughs> and Naomi goes, did you get a haircut? He's like, I did, a, I did a little, a little was taken off the top. It's just so awkward. And once again, we don't, I don't know what's going on with Naomi. And they don't really, there's like a couple weird moments in this, but nothing's discussed. It's, I always appreciate a show where you leave so many loose ends. You don't fit, you know, you don't, there's like, it's like a David Lynch movie. You're like, I think they hooked up at some point, but they're not really going to ever, they don't care to let us know anything. So, okay, that's cool. But we're watching a story about your lives. Um, So, the two girls, uh, Madison and Naomi, do the first shambong. And so then Miss Pat, because she's like, I want to see you all do it first. And they do it. They all laugh and giggle because it's funny to drink champagne. And Madison goes, open the thro- open your throat and goes, ha, 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 ha. Because what she's doing is making, I believe, a blowjob joke. Um, sorry if there's any kids listening. Uh, if there is any kids listening, I do want to kind of walk you through this. What a blowjob is. Now, this is... <laughs> sorry. Uh, Whitney uh, is sitting there, by the way, awkwardly in his cowboy shirt, and he's like, "If there, there's a, there, this is all. There's all indignities I've suffered because of my mom in my lifetime, because of my mother. But this has got to be in the top five. First off, nobody asked you to stay, Whitney. Like, like literally, like you really, like you're like the boy in the corner. Like, why are you even here still? Like, nobody asked you to be here." And also, you're provided a very amazing lifestyle because of Miss Pat. I am a huge Miss Pat fan. And then Miss Patricia's like, let's do it again. I love shambongs. And then we cut to her doing actually a headstand on a beer keg. It was very exciting. No, uh, Miss Pat goes, before we do it again, hand me a caviar. Put some caviar on a chip. Put lots on. And then we see Whitney put a ridiculous amount of caviar. Like, he put as much caviar that's in my bank account right now on a chip. And Naomi's like, you did that like it was salsa, Whitney. And he's like, ha, 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 yeah, I did. And then he goes, okay, bye. And it's like, oh, rich people are so funny. And then they do a big shambong with like a big champagne. And, you know, Miss Pat's really like, I love this. And I, I thought Madison too, like she seems super giggly for as much as she works out, she must get fucked up pretty easily because when you're that like in shape, your body doesn't react too well to like poison. So uh, all of a sudden the phone rings, Craig is calling Naomi and he's like, Hey, what's up? Whore? <laughs> hey, what's up hooker? And he's like, Hey, what's up? And she goes, nothing. Well, I just going over final things for the winter gala, and I wanted to let you know I would love to have you come. I'm sorry. He's totally put out this whole time. He's like, sorry the way I said those things. I should never elevate or raise my voice to anyone, let alone you, and I want you to know 
You're more than welcome to come, I guess. And Naomi's like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is some sort of conversation we have had before, and I kind of don't want to put myself in that situation anymore. And then Crick goes, well, it's up to you, but just know that I wanted to... Wanted you to wanted you to you know clear there. Wanted you to be there, and she goes, "Well, thank you for calling. Thank you. All right, sounds good. Well, I'll see you if you come." Miss Pat sits on the floor. And is like, "Don't mind me." <laughs> She's feeling the champagne, you guys. I'm I'm about ready to create another Whitney. Give me a man. Um, Miss Pat though tells Naomi, "I'd go." I go because all your friends are there. You know, that's your friend circle too. And she goes, oh, my goodness, I think the champagne finally hit. And then she rips one of the biggest farts I've ever heard on television. No, but when that, you know, it would stand out for a season finale. Madison says, well, this has been Liddy Titty. And Naomi goes, do you know what that means, Miss Pat? And Madison goes, we're about as lit as that Christmas tree over there. And Miss Pat goes, well, I prefer saying shit-faced. Hey, Miss Pat, mic drop. New scene. Paige is getting out of a car. She's like, I'm so excited. And Craig goes, my first winter gala. Let's go inside. And it looks good. It's like, it looks all like Christmassy. And, you know, there's two big tables, uh, Christmas trees everywhere. It looks good. And we meet Amanda, Craig's business partner. And he's like, thank you for doing all this. She looks like she's been putting a lot of work in on this. And she's like, this is the photo area of her, over here. We're going to put pillows over here. There's going to be a bar there, a bar over there. And he's like, two bars. That's perfect. When I was a little boy, I used to dream about having two bars at my holiday party. And then Paige is like, oh, my God, these napkins. They're little tux napkins on the, the plates. And then Amanda's like, okay, but you do need to decide on the seating chart. And Craig's like, we aren't doing one. Okay, now this is another time the seating chart gets brought up. And Amanda goes, oh, um, interesting. Like, so, you know what I'm saying? Like, Amanda even got brought in, who we really haven't met that much at all on this show. Oh, interesting. No seating chart. So now Paige has warned Craig, and Amanda has concerns about the lack of seating chart. And he's like, for an event that they don't know each other, yeah, a seating chart. But, like... Who am I to tell people where to sit? Craig, buddy, you're the boss. Remember, this is what you dreamed of as a child. You do get to tell people where to sit. This is free food and drink. People are happy to usually get free food and drink. And in exchange for that, we sit wherever the person that's giving you that free food and drink. I hate to explain this to you like you're a child, but that's where we go because we're so happy and excited to get that free food and drink. Unless you're charging for the drinks, and then I'm like, I would, I probably wouldn't go. And she goes, well, Amanda goes, as long as you don't think it won't, you know, create any drama by not having one. And I'm like, you idiots! This is Southern charm. Of course, it's going to create drama. He's like, well, by having a seating chart, it would create drama. Classic Craig, just completely wrong. And Amanda's like, okay, whatever, uh, whatever keeps it calm and peaceful and lovely. And then Craig goes. With this group, who knows? Which is the line that we heard earlier from Olivia on the phone with Leva. I feel we're like recycling lines or just everybody has like, it's like maybe as a castmate, you know, like when women like cycle together their menstruation. Sorry, 
I know I'm a guy and I'm not supposed to say this, but you know, like you, you know, girls will like sync up their monthly cycles or their, their monthly visitor. And maybe it's like that with them. The, the, you know, the Southern charm cast is they're so used to filming that they now just share one brain and they say the same thing over and over again in every scene. Um, so, uh, Amanda goes, Oh, okay. And then we cut to Shep's house and Taylor's coming in and he goes, Hey, Tay Tay. Hey, Hey, little Craig. Uh, yeah, I know you had some anxiety about your dress. Has that subsided at all? Uh, and Taylor's like, I bought these little chicken cutlets. And he's like, what are those? I even know what chicken cutlets are. He's like, she's like, these are boot pads. And he's like, what do they do? I'm like, like, what? What do they do? What? what? How do you have a license? What? And it's like, oh, it fills out that area. And then he goes, itty bitty titty committee. <laughs> He's like trying to high five fraternity members that aren't even there. Itty bitty titty committee. First off, you don't say that to your girlfriend at all. Like, I just don't think that's appropriate. I mean, I'm a fuddy duddy. I don't think it's appropriate. But two, you don't say that to your girlfriend on national television. Hey, itty bitty titty committee. Hey, cameraman, high five me. And uh, she smacks the butt. She's like, shut up. And. Shep shows his outfit and she's like, wow, babe, that's going to look really sharp. It's going to look really good on you. And he's like, let's sit outside. It's a beautiful day. And there's, he's like, there's a little plant. He's like, and she's like, oh, little Tim, he's outside thriving. And then we see the plants dead, which is just so interesting. Um, if you kind of base it on their relationship and Shep says, I want to talk. I'm genuinely happy that we're happy. Like I'm genuinely happy. And, um, I think you are too. And yeah, I mean, there's some things I need to work on, like, you know, not telling you you're a fucking idiot every day. And, you know, we we talked about it, whatever. And, but I want you to be there when I work on it. And Taylor, this angel, goes, and I will help Shep in any way. And he's like, I know you will. <laughs> like, like, I know I'm going to make you work. <laughs> and she goes... I'm going to be there to love and encourage you. And he goes, I know. And your love and encouragement, Taylor, it means the world to me. It really does. And I just feel really positive about you being in my life because, like, you do a lot of the shopping and you take care of little Craig and, like, you, like, buy me stuff. No, no. He goes, um, I just feel really positive about you being in my life because it's important. And she laughs like, he. And there's like this light piano music. Like, so it's setting up of like, oh my God, is Shep going to propose you guys? Oh my God, is this how it's going to happen? And Shep goes, and neither of us know how anything's going to work out later. Like, I like, I like not knowing what the future holds day to day, but like, I like being with you. I like not knowing with you, you know? The not knowing, I like to not know with you, you know, you know, not know. And she awkwardly laughs like, oh, yeah, okay. Like she's starting to not wear this. Where is this going? And he's like, so everything that's happened has gotten us right here. And it's a dream, man. It's a dream. And uh, you're the star of my little dream. <laughs> Which is like, once again, if you really think about it, it's like, it's a nice sentiment, right? Like you're the star of my little dream. But once again, that makes him the director that makes him like we're all in Shep's movie. We're in a shared movie that we co-direct. Like that's what a relationship, quote unquote, maybe should be like, right? 
But like he's the, you know, you're li- you're the star in my movie. I get to say everything that happens in my movie and you get to be the star of it. It's just a weird example, but it's a very telling example, don't you think? Um, so she poses. She's like, okay, okay. She's right. And he's like, I want to go places and have adventures and do stuff with your butt. And like, what better way to do that with you? And I was like, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I've been thinking about it. And there's a pause. And he goes, um, and Taylor's like, yeah, yeah. And Shep sighs, I love us together. I really do. And I want you to quit your job. And then there's like a record scratch. He's like, okay, we take 30,000 of my money, my money, and we do a joint account, me and you, and we travel the world, and we go until we run out, and then we come home. He acts like this is the, like, like, that he was like, I fucking figured it out. First off, 30,000, like... Shep, my man, like 30,000, like, come on, like, let's get another zero onto that thing to impress Taylor. 30,000? We're going to put it into a joint account? We're going to travel the world? What world are we talking? Are we, what, are we talking about the coastal U.S.? What are we talking, 30,000? Like, what, how far is that going to get you? Which, by the way, when I interviewed Shep the day that they announced the breakup, he talked about traveling with Taylor and I was like, wasn't that something? If you go back and listen to that interview now, it's even darker. Because I was like, was it cool, you know, showing her things for the first time? And he was like, yeah. And I could tell something was wrong. And then I was like, you know what? You should, like, do, like, co-write a book with Taylor about, like, the first time her seeing things in her opinion. And he's like, yeah. And, like, knowing that he had broken up with her. And I'm like, wow, this is so dark to think about. So he's like, in a talking head, he's like, Traveling is the ultimate barometer of a relationship. Bill Murray once said, it's always you're in trouble if you hear a guy say, Bill Murray once said, or Anthony Bourdain once opined. And I love both of those men dearly. I do. But there's a commonality in those men that they know the way to live. But in reality, they do. And like they, they, they've taught us so many cool things. But at the same time, both of those men are tortured souls. Read about Bill Murray's temper problems on set. Like one of the most amazing dudes, like I would kill to hang out with Bill Murray. But he also is a very troubled dude, you know. And Anthony Bourdain, of course, you know, we know uh, as well, too. Which, by the way, there's a new biography out on Anthony Bourdain I want to, uh, to check out. It's supposed to be super intense because it got access to his like emails and his text messages. And the last one he sent with that. Girl, girlfriend of his, Asia Argento, that was cheating on him right before he, you know, trigger warning, he killed himself. Anyways, so Shep's like, Bill Murray said in a speech, if you love someone, travel to places that are hard to get to and hard to get back. And if you still love each other, when you get back to the airport, ask them to marry you. I love that Taylor, like Taylor's whole rest of her life depends on a Bill Murray quote. Like, she's like, okay, so I've got to be, like, good on this whole trip and, like, really, like, really be really exciting on this trip, you know, instead of just enjoying it because she, I got I to gotta prove to Shep that I'm I'm worthy. And he's like, and it's an investment in our future, babe, if you think about it. And she's like, oh, my. He's like, think about it. And she's like, that's a lot. I'm uh, taking it in right now. It'll be the best money I ever spent. Are you kidding me? And she goes, I know. I just, I don't want to look like I'm traveling on your dime. That gives me, uh, like, Taylor is seems like a really good person. And he's like, I know you don't. And she goes, because I like being independent. I know, I know. It's a leap of faith 
It's scary. I get it. I know our relationship is a leap of faith, but I think we can benefit from an adventure. In a talking head, Taylor says, I would think it's every girl's dream, but if he is wanting me to uproot my life and put all my eggs in one basket and, and, and lean on him, just lean on him, I don't know how to feel. And he goes, I'm serious. And she goes, like I said, there's a lot to unpack here. I really think you should think about it, he says. And she's like, I know. Okay, now we're in a new scene. By the way, we cut to commercial. Dude, did you guys know Winterhouse is coming October 13th? We're like a week and a half away from Winterhouse. My God. So don't miss these crazy kids. Don't miss. They're, they're literally going to be on our TVs again in two weeks. And also the reunion in the meantime. So we're literally going to get no break from half of these numbskulls. Also... I wonder if Shep ever feels weird about not being to go on Winter House, especially when he's single. He's like, why couldn't they have shot Winter House when I had broken up with Taylor? I want to try to get a crack at one of these chippy girls, you know? Um, so Vanita's getting ready. Her, She goes, oh, my dog, you're tired of watching me put on makeup. And I'm like, we're tired of watching you put on makeup too. Like, I could give a rip about any of these getting ready scenes. I know I'm not a girl and maybe I think it's the girls really like, you know, all the girl viewers probably really like watching the girls get ready. I just don't care. I want story, you know? Um, unless there's like stories in the makeup brushes, like little Pixar characters. We cut to Austin and he has these tuxedo undies on and he's like, wow, these make my dick look huge. And I was like, no, Austin, you're looking at yourself. You're, you look like a huge penis. Um, we cut to Olivia getting ready. We cut to Vanita getting ready. And uh, no, sorry, we cut to Leva getting ready and she's talking to herself in the mirror and she's like, no arguments tonight. Vanita doing a scene with herself once again. Shep is like, get ready, Taylor. And she's like, I've got to cover my pimple. And he's like, Taylor, you're the only one who even sees those things. He's even gaslighting about the pimples. Then we cut to Catherine. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Catherine, she's back putting makeup on. Catherine has been MIA now for a couple of episodes. I was like, holy shit. I forgot I was like, Catherine's on the show. And I was like, where's Chubbs? Poor Chubbs. He's gone. And um, then we cut to Craig and they're at Craig's house and Paige is like, Craig, you ready? And she comes in. She's all in white. Like, I don't know how, I don't know fashion, obviously, but. Let me try to explain. Let me try to let me try to mansplain what Paige is wearing for the ladies out there. She's wearing this white little number, and there's like like it looks like oblong egg shapes cut out where her hips are, and there's like it looks like silver glittery shit around the oblong egg, and then she's got like this big black bow on. Did I describe that right, ladies? I don't know if there's a term for that, but it it like you know it's like a dress, and he's like he's like. Wow, wow, wow. And she's like, do you like the bow? And he's like, yeah, you look like Cindy Lou Who, but a hot one. I'm telling you, dude, Craig is one of those guys that whacks off to like anime. You know what I'm saying? You you, you, you know the type. And then uh, we cut to nighttime in Charleston and they're walking into the party, Craig and Paige. And Craig's like, you look, you look so pretty in your tie. You look so pretty. And Craig bumps his hair on trees and he's like, oh, my hair. We see there's a band, there's Xmas music going, they're pouring drinks out of these holiday ornaments into cups, which I'm like, why? That seems like a wasted step somewhere. Like, you make the drink, pour it in the cup, but they've made the drink, put the drink in an ornament, and then we're showing the ornament getting poured into a cup. Why not just give them the ornament to sip out of? It, it, I was not impressed. And... 
Paige is like, you should be really proud of yourself. You did it all. And he's like, that's right. At the end of the day, it was my vision. Kanye West, guys. In a talking head, he goes, my mind's processing a lot right now. And there's a lot of like, you know, it's like that scene at the end of the movie where the your life flashes before your eyes. And I'm like, oh, my God, is Craig going to die at his own party? Like, calm down, dude. It's a holiday party. Like, this, like in Craig's head, he's like, this is the last scene of the movie. This is Mr. Holland's opus. And everyone stands up and claps for me because of my holiday party for my pillow company. And he's like, I have all these images going through my mind. And guys, I'm joking. This actually is cool that he did a company. I'm not, you know, <laughs> we're making funnies here. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Naomi, uh, we get this, we get a whole flashback of a bunch of scenes of everybody making fun of Craig. Naomi going, oh, making fun, like, oh, Craig and his sewing. And then we cut to Miss Patricia and another scene going, well, Craig, it's got the original's got to be drawn better so it doesn't look like clip art. Which, by the way, I remember that episode, it did look like clip art, and Craig was very lazy. Like, where did his sewing all of a sudden went from, like, crap to good? Because I remember, I've watched all the episodes of Southern Charm, and Craig, for a while, was like, he was good at sewing, but, like, his design, like, remember when Miss Patricia, like, he was late on the project for her, and so like, Craig, come on, I wouldn't hire you for something. Then we cut to Cameron, who I miss very deeply, and Craig's like showing her this shawl he made, and she's laughing at him. And then we cut back to Naomi and going, you sit home and you sew and you pretend to do things. And he's like, what's wrong with my sewing? In the flashbacks, Craig looks so different. Do you guys see that? Like, Craig was always a good-looking dude, but I think he's much better looking now. But also... I don't know, maybe, um, but like, he looks so different. And everybody, uh, he's like, a lot A lot of people who doubt, who doubted sewing down south, they're going to be in the room tonight. And I kind of like it that Craig's like, my holiday party as a kid when I dream, I dreamed of it as revenge. <laughs> he's like, no, everybody that's coming to my holiday party did not believe in me at all. <laughs> Sounds like a fun vibe, you know? Um, so his business partners are there and they all cheers. And in a talking head, he goes, it's sure it's a little fun, you know, because like you'll see who didn't believe in me. And I can be like, look at this. That's a free drink and free food. Then we got the Shep and Taylor walking in and Craig goes, you look great to Shep. And he really means it. And Craig goes... Wow, your suit matches the... No, Craig says about his own suit. He's like, my suit matches the venue. Everybody's greeted with champagne. Vanita comes in with her friend Tati. Leva comes in. Everyone comes in. Everyone's loving everyone's dresses. We've seen it a thousand times. You look good. No, you look good. No, you look good. You look great. Oh my God, do you need a drink? Yeah, I want a drink. Have a drink. Have a drink. And then we see Marcy. And Marcy's husband, who I've forgotten his name... 
they're here too. The one that just had the baby. And everybody's like, she looks great after having a baby two weeks ago. And I'm like, okay. And then we cut to Olivia calling Austin in a car. And she's like, okay, I'm just close to getting you. So be ready. And he goes, just just as I always dreamed, you're coming to pick me up. And she's like, your chariot awaits. He comes down and he, I didn't, you know, I didn't picture Austin living in the second floor, like a second floor walk up, but he lives in a second floor walk up. And then outside, this is how dark I am. I, you see a building across the street that says Knights, K-N-I-G-A-H-T-S, Q-U-I-C. I don't know if it says anything more, but it's on the back of the building. So I'm like, oh my God. If I can track down that building, I know exactly where Austin lives. I'm going to get a picture with Austin somehow. So <laughs> um, they hug and, you know, Austin's doing his, oh my God, you look nice. In a talking head, Austin's like, I like Olivia a lot. And I think we can be something. And I'm like, who knows, man? You, I really don't know. I don't know what your deal is. Like, I don't know. I don't believe you also. Um, they're in the car and she's like, I got a, I got a bra made out of duct tape. I don't have the right equipment for that. And he's like, did you bring an overnight bag or what? And he jokes. But like when I would say that, that would be creepy. But when he says it, like girls giggle. They're like, he, you're so tall. He, and he's like, you tell Rob and your mom, you ain't coming home tonight. If I say it once again, creepy. Be like, oh my God, you're taking me away from my family forever. We cut back to the party. Madison walks in with her friend, Erica. Um, Shep asks Marcy about her baby. And it's a sweet baby. Okay. Then we cut to Whitney and Miss Pat and two other men with them, older men. Not old, old, but old, older. I like that Miss Pat always travels with dudes. She's like, yeah, you know, just in case the mood strikes, you know. And she's like, Craggy, Craggy, hi. And Craig tells Miss Patricia, well, I, I invited your girl, Madison. And then uh, Whitney's like, I was very magnanimous, magnanimous of you, Craig. Austin and Olivia walk in. They're holding hands. And then we do more of the, you look good. No, you look good. No, you look good. The band's playing. Uh, Austin says, you guys, I shit you not. This is a scene. Austin is talking to Marcy, the the one with the, that just had the baby two weeks ago. And he's like staring at her boobs. And he's like, are, are these a result of the baby? Like, he's just staring like he's like, boobs. And she goes, yeah, these are milk. And he goes, I love those. What the fuck? Like, what? Like, not, like I mean, I mean, still he says it kind of charming, but if you, it's like full. He's like, wow, I love those, man. So you just got to get somebody pregnant and the boobs get like that? Oh, good to know. I gotta take a note. Gotta get my jot this down. What? Um, and then he goes, oh, I'm looking up at your eyes. Don't worry. I'm like, creepy. And uh, Shep's like, oh, Miss Patricia, I heard you guys got drunk the other night. And she's like, we did shambongs. I was shit faced. And Shep's like, welcome to our world. And then Austin says uh, to Craig, Three years ago, look at all this. I mean, Craig, if there was ever an eaten crow moment without like even having to say it, this is it, brother. And then we cut to, um, who is it? Cut to Naomi and Madison and uh, this girl, Simon, uh, coming in. 
And Naomi's like, I'm walking into an enemy territory. Craig hates me. In a talking head, uh, Craig goes, I have to laugh to myself because Naomi thought leaving the law to sew was like the biggest loser idea ever. And like now she's walking into my company's Christmas party. <laughs> Craig says, hey to Naomi. He walks over. He's like, hey. Thanks for coming. Sorry for disinviting you. No one's on the blacklist. Thanks for coming. And then he walks away. And they're talking to that name and says, this feels really awkward, but I, I, I came because it's just something about the principle of not allowing him to force me out of the friend group that we're both in. Now, I think Naomi's kind of wrong here at this point, too. It's like, that's why you came? Just the, the, the principle of like, there's other times to hang out with your friends, man. Like, that's the only reason you can't. I don't know. None of these people are fully right at all on this show. This is a time where you see tense music and we cut to more people saying, hey, and uh, Miss Patricia talks to Marcy and goes, oh, you had a baby. Oh, get out. You look great. I mean, this is the fucking finale, you guys. We've spent eight minutes telling Marcy she looks great after the baby. Another eight minutes telling everybody that we look good at the holiday party. Like it's it's so repeated. Um, Naomi goes to the bar and Vanita walks up to her. Naomi's talking to this schlubby dude to the right of her, which would like, I like me. And Vanita's like, uh, happy you, I'm happy you came. And she was like, it was real dodgy for a second, but yeah. Um, and she's like, no, it's okay. I'm happy you're here. And then Naomi turns from Vanita and just starts going back to talking to this dude. And Vanita's like, what? And Vanita's like, I'm, I'm going to interrupt you. Um, Hey, how are we? And Naomi goes, we're good. And then Naomi turns and walks off. And Vanita goes, oh. And she goes to find her friend Tati. And she goes, Naomi is avoiding me. And Tati's like, yeah, 100%. And as much as that's uncomfortable, you need to pull her and talk to her. This is what I'm saying. It's like, poor Vanita, man. Like, she said one fucking thing. And, like, I just feel... I just feel Vanita gets it right and left for some reason. And she doesn't deserve it. I want Vanita's mom there from earlier this season. Vanita's mom seems like she would kick some ass and and set Naomi straight. We cut to Austin, who's like, oh, this is a raw bar. Yeah, it's a raw bar situation. I want to get some raw oysters and stir it. Milk tits. (laughs) And then Madison and Paige are talking, and um, they're... uh, Madison and Paige are talking, and Madison goes, did you help uh, plan this party? And Paige is like, not really. And then they both laugh. Austin then tells Taylor over to the side, he goes, you look lovely. He's such a kiss-ass. He's such an Eddie Haskell. And he's like, you guys both, you and Olivia, have the smoky eye thing going on. Catherine, you guys, walks in in a white, like, Superman coat, like, just a cape with a a new guy, not Chubbs. And Craig goes, who's the... (laughs) Craig's like... Who's the monk? And he's like, oh, Catherine. And Olivia says, who's this ice queen? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Naomi and Catherine hug. Olivia and Catherine hug. And we meet Catherine's guy or this guy named Jake. And he's like, she's like, he's my new best friend. Craig hugs Leva. And Leva goes, thanks for having me, Craig. Uh, we see Amanda, the biz partner there. And Leva goes, yeah, I beeline for my Persian because I guess Amanda's Persian. And uh, Craig says something like, 
uh, I take years off Amanda's life. Like my ideas are like impulsive and I know that they're, but I know that they're going to work. And then Leva goes, you know, Craig, ideas are the easy part. You know that, right? Now, listen, I know what she means, but what an asshole thing to say at this party. Like I get Amanda works hard. I get all of that, but like, what, what, what was the point? Like, can any, you know, like, let Craig have his little moment where he thinks he's a genius for a night. And he goes, yeah, I, I, I know. That's why I have my team. And uh, Leva goes, even when I'm mad at you, I can't because I love this one, Amanda. And I'm like, Leva, what are you, what? Like, even when I'm mad at you, who are you, Leva? Like, yeah. Uh, and Craig goes, whatever, whatever. Vanita likes me and Vanita's standing right next to him. He's like, okay. Then we cut to um, Marcy showing Catherine baby pictures because she just had a baby. And then Marcy goes, these babies, they're so dependent on you. No shit. Wow, that's wild. Then we see Shep, Shep Craig, and Whitney cheers. And Craig's like, thanks for coming again, guys. And he's, uh, everybody's like, this is the best I've seen you ever dress, Shep. Your clothes fit. And he's like, yeah. And then Taylor got me these shark, shark's teeth cufflinks. Look. Then we cut to Marcy and Taylor. And Taylor just let Marcy know that he asked uh, her to travel around the world and quit her job. And she's like, as much as I would like to uproot my life, I have a house here. I have a mortgage to pay. And Marcy's not much help. She's like, you can rent it out. And she's like, yeah, okay. So I've, I got, you know, I got some thinking to do. And then we cut to um, Shep telling the guys, I had a good conversation with Taylor. Like, I want to show her around the world. And it's like, I'll show you around the world. And then we like fly home. And Whitney's like, okay, well, where is that taking this relationship? And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, we fly to London. And Craig goes, okay, well, what then? She doesn't have a job anymore. She quits her job, non-dependent, and then she's just depending on you. And Chip says, I think it's a great step. We cut to Taylor, uh, to Marcy going, I'm still pissed you look this good two weeks after your baby. Oh, my God. There's got to be more to Marcy than this. They're just, I, I know. We cut to Vanita, and she goes, can I grab you for a second to Naomi? And you know, mind if we take a second, you're someone I care about. So like, cut the shit. If, if, you know, if you, this, I, it, it, well, I don't know what I wrote here. <laughs> Something about some uh, being someone's pet. If you, this time being someone's pet, any, I don't, who knows what I wrote. Um, and Naomi goes, you know what? Let's talk about this another time. And Vinita goes, will we though? And Naomi goes, probably not. You know, because probably not. We've known each other for a long time, but I realize there's not a deep friendship here. Like, what? And Vanita's like, but are you trying for a deep friendship? And she's like, this is based on your actions, Vanita. When I was in an uncomfortable position, what did you do? Nothing. You don't care about me. You only care about yourself. I don't need that. And... Vanita's like, you don't need that. And Vanita's like, I come to you as a friend and don't shut me down. And she's like, you come to me as a friend? Oh, give me a break. Enough is enough, Naomi says. 
And Vinny's like, you're going to walk away because you don't want to hear what I have to say. But as my friend, and Naomi's like, right now we're not friends. And in talking to Naomi goes, my feelings are still hurt. You showed your true colors with Craig. And I'm not really friends with people. I don't shut. I'm not really friends with people that I don't trust. So this is a friendship defining thing. You guys, she literally said one thing about Craig. This is one of those things where I'm like, wait, this is this big of a deal? It, it almost makes me like beg that there is more to this that I am just not seeing because it doesn't make sense. And Vanita gets out of the chair because Naomi's walked away and she cries. And Tati, Tati, her friend, grabs her. And a talking head, Vanita goes, when it comes to Naomi, we, um, we have a history. Yeah, and uh, nah, it's not going to be an easy one to get over. Like, what? Because you said one line about Craig. New scene. And uh, <laughs> I just, I wrote, man, can't believe I don't have to take notes on this show anymore after the reunion. Uh, we got back to the party. Madison is telling Catherine, oh, so is this guy your boyfriend? She's like, no, he's my gay. And Madison's like, oh my God, they're the best. I like when women talk about gay men like they're toys. Um, like, oh, do you have a gay? <laughs> And Miss Pat's like, okay, well, we got to go to dinner, Craig. And when he's like, I got to go drop my mom and her friends off. She, and then he awkwardly kisses Naomi on the hand and she kind of laughs. Like, this is like, you go, oh, madame. It's, it's just so awkward. Craig tells uh, Paige, oh, wow. Maybe we should have done the seating chart. Because she sees that people have put her purses like where Craig and Paige were going to sit. And Madison's like, is there a signed seating? And Craig's like, oh, I'm trying to tell people where to go. And Shep's like, is there a signed seating? And Craig's like, well, um, boys are on this side. And then girls are sitting across from their dates on this side. And Craig's like, if you were born in the month of April, you can sit on this side. And then Leva asks, where do they want us to sit to Naomi? Like, all of a sudden, this is like all World War III is happening. And Shep's like, Craig is logistically not the best, you know. And Shep says, like, what about Austin, Craig? And, oh, Craig's like, oh, shit, yeah, Madison. Okay, Madison, slide one over. Oh, okay, because, you know, you don't want Madison close to Austin. Shep's trying to help Craig. And Naomi says, Craig, are there seats and Craig goes, how many years have you worked in food and Bev? How many years have you worked in food and Bev? <laughs> and he's like, well, no, you know, it's there. It, there's no space at this table. So you guys just have to sit at the other table. Mind you, there is two tables. Like, I don't get it. Like, was one table, like, was it named like the dummy table? And that's why no one wants to sit at it? Like... Two tables spread out. I don't understand like, where the camera's just focusing on the one table and everybody wanted camera time. Who the fuck cares? This is the season finale fighting over a table. There is two tables. They're both set with place settings. I don't understand this. And if it was all supposed to be at one table, don't have the second table. Now, that would have been awkward. If they only had one table and they made Leva and Naomi just stand over everybody, I could see being upset. There's a whole other table. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, and uh, Naomi says, oh, this is so annoying. And Craig's like, well, you didn't have to come. And Naomi's like, yeah, thanks for making me feel so awkward. And Craig goes, oh, I can only do so much. I can only do so much. And he walks away. 
But once again, this is kind of weird for me too. It's like, now what? Were you supposed to sit on Craig's lap? Where I don't understand. If you were so worried about your fucking seat, put your purse down. I truly don't understand. And this party is so weird because in reality, you would think somebody would go around and go, hey, by the way, there's no seating arrangement, so make sure you put your stuff down. We're going to be eating. And like, you, this is not a big party, you guys. I'm telling you, 25 people max. Not a big party. So in a talking head, um, so uh, Naomi's like, there's one thing for there not to be a seating chart, but there has to be room for everyone to sit at the table. And so this just feels like tit for tat. I'm like, what are you even talking about, Naomi? She's like, I'll invite you to my party, but you can't sit with us. Feels fishy. How, like... I'm sorry, at a certain point, there's only big enough tables. You know, we can't invent a bigger table. Like, I mean, I, I don't I don't think this was on. I'm so confused. Leva says, I would never invite people to an event one by one and then not have a place for them to sit. Like, you're deliberately making your ex feel stupid. I'm like, you're deliberately making me feel stupid for watching this show. Leva says, I'm going to sit by Madison right here. I'm like, great, Leva, fucking do it. Pull up a chair. And Levis says, you know what? I'd like to sit with Amanda and Jerry, honestly. And those are Craig's business partners. Leva, great. You seem to like Amanda. You said that she's your girl. You should be fucking thrilled you get to sit with Amanda and Jerry. And Leva's like, it's so demeaning. It's so fucking toxic. Craig is so toxic. I'm lit. I'm so confused, you guys. Once again, we see tense music. And Craig goes, oh my God, throwing a hissy fit over there. And Shep goes, should have had place settings, bro. And he goes, no, he shouldn't because we're all fucking adults, which is truly the funniest thing that you say when you're an adult that makes you look like not an adult. We're all fucking adults, which is just like, you goof, you're not an adult then. And um, in a talking head, Craig goes, it's on the people that can't. Like, this is my party. It's not like this is my party. I'll cry if I want to. It's my party and I'll have fun if I want to. Okay. And it's like, those two girls are trying to keep me from having fun. And he's like, if I had made a seating chart and put them over there, that would have been a dickhead move, but it's fine. Like, they can sit by themselves. Shit happens. Which is a really mean way to say the truth. Like, it doesn't really matter. And we cut to Naomi going, this is a really uncomfortable situation. Like, have you never had, have you never eaten by yourself? How sheltered of a life do you have to have that you are troubled that there is a table three feet away from you that you're not seated at, but you have your own table. It's not like they're, they're not getting food and drink. Like, I'm so confused. The food gets brought out. It looks delicious. It's lamb and scallops. And Madden says, I don't think Leva got the dress code. The memo is winter wonderland, not slutty ho. This line comes out of nowhere, too. Like, Madison all of a sudden makes fun of Leva for looking like a slutty ho? I am so lost. Olivia is talking to Catherine and he's like, babe, what's wrong? And Olivia's like, I just don't like that about Madison. Like the mean girl energy. I'm just uncomfortable with that because of what she just said about Leva. This feels so forced. Shep uh, goes, um, Taylor, T Taylor's going to say the blessing. Like, oh, should I say the blessing? And Craig's like, yeah, and then I'm going to give a speech. She was like, I'm, I'm going to try to say the blessing, okay. And Craig goes, bro, this is a step. And Shep's like, er, er, everybody hold hands, you know, and then finger each other's butts. No, he goes, everybody hold hands, okay. 
Uh, God, uh, are you listening? Okay, thank you for all our friends here. And thank you for this beautiful setting. And then we cut to Leva and her hands are in her head. And I'm like, Leva, what the fuck? And this beautiful setting and these wonderful, wonderful drinks. He says wonderful twice. Wonderful, wonderful drinks and food. And may they make us happy and get us to the New Year's. And then we have a greater New Year after that. And then, please, God, make Taylor my subservient. And... I can boss her around and make her do things with me. Thank you, Lord. Everybody claps. And Chip's like, God, oh, long, long time no see. Uh, Leva says, this is like the dinner from hell. Go to your own show then. Go, leave. We don't want you here. Lamb and scallops. Everybody's like, oh, good, good, good. And Craig says, um, hey, Marcy, how long have you had the bit? No, and Craig goes, I would love for you to dig in, but I'd also love to say a few words to the people of my past, present, and the people that are going to be in my future. And look at Paige and say, and thank you to Jerry and Amanda for coming into my life. That's the reason that my vision has turned into a brand. And I remember Shep being like, you're a fucking idiot. (laughs) Which is just so hot. But you stuck with me, and without that, I wouldn't be here. And Shep's like, you're welcome. (laughs) So anyways, thanks for being here, and I love sharing this with everyone. And Austin's like, where was my name in that speech? And Olivia's like, yeah, I didn't didn't thank his wife. We cut to Leva, and he's like, I'm going to go sit with Amanda and Jerry. Leva, you just said that a second ago. Go fucking sit with Amanda and Jerry. Why are you threatening? Just go sit with them. Whitney comes back in from dropping his mom off at whatever strip club they went to. And uh, he's like, and Naomi comes up to him. is like, oh, oh, my God, what do I do? I'm like awkwardly sitting at the end of the table. I probably just should leave. Okay, Naomi. And then we see Shep goes, uh, oh, the dessert is creme. No, uh, Taylor goes, Shep, Shep, the dessert is creme brulee. And he's like, no, it's flan. And I, then I was waiting for Shep to go, you fucking idiot. Then we cut to Leva. And she's talking to Amanda and Jerry. And she's like, can I talk to you and Jerry? How are you? And they're like, ah. And she's like, yeah, but like for real, Craig is out of line. I don't see, I don't understand this. Like if I really try to think, okay, I'm like putting straws together. Like, so I think what this means is that Craig isn't a good boss or Craig, you guys do all the work and Craig takes the credit for it. Is that what she means? Well, they don't do a good enough job in this show showing it. So Paige says, oh my God, Craig, Leva is sitting with your team. This is where it gets totally bizarre for me of like, that right there wouldn't, like, is Leva not allowed to sit with the team? So I don't understand why that's a big deal to begin with. And then all of a sudden it says tense music. And Craig's like, what is, everybody's like, what's happening? What's going on? All of a sudden everybody's like turning around. Like Leva's like whisper. I don't understand how everybody can hear this. Did they pipe it over the loudspeaker or something? And, uh. Lev is like, I don't function that way. And that's why I'm upset. And they're all turning around. And Craig goes, um, uh, Craig says, her going and sitting over there is crazy. I don't want her sitting anywhere. <laughs> um, and then uh, Amanda goes, uh, hey, why don't you just sit here, Leva? Yeah, just calm. And Craig turns around and goes, Amanda, 
You don't have to talk to her. She's acting like a child. Leva, you can actually leave if you want. You're acting like a child. And you're making this all about you. And this is about me and my business and my team. Which this is where I point out we don't even see the two normal people from his team. It's going down south that we saw at the beginning. It's not really about his team. The other employees, I don't even see there. Craig goes, but it's getting to a point you should leave, Leva, because you made it all about you. And it's about me. I like that Craig is telling her that she is acting like a child when Leva does most of her scenes with a child. So I was like, well, maybe the child is rubbing more off on Leva. Who knows? Leva looks shocked, like, oh, my God. And we cut to a commercial. Then we come back and she's like, did I, Craig? And he's like, yeah, because you threw a bunch of hissy fits. And Leva's like, because you were so rude. Somebody didn't teach you how to speak to people, Leva says. If you're not happy, then leave. In a talking head, Leva goes, bro, you're not Elon Musk. Let's keep it real. A person who has blood, sweat, and tears tied up in a business isn't screaming at their business gala. You're looking like an asshole. Which I know what she's saying, but also, Leva, you're looking like an asshole. And then uh, Craig's like, oh, no, no, no. And Leva goes, he went from a zero to a hundred. And Craig goes, "Uh uh-huh. I think everyone at this table knows what my hundred looks like. And this ain't it. And Leva's like, everybody at this table has seen you go to a hundred. And Leva, he goes, Leva, I'm going to kindly ask you to leave. And Naomi goes, I'm so tired of this. And Leva is like, I was literally just talking to three people. And Craig's like, why are you at a party that you're not invited? I felt like we were so close to Craig going, do you guys hear something? I don't even hear something. Is that the wind? And Leva's like, it's me. I'm right here, Craig. I don't hear anybody. It sounds like the wind to me. And he goes, Leva, just go. Just like leave, just go. And Leva goes, I also have a business on the same street as the people who actually run your business, you clown. And Paige goes, oh my God, that was so rude. And Craig goes, crazy, crazy. And Paige goes, that was extremely rude. And then Craig goes, I'll have security escort you out. Or you can go, it's fine. First off, Craig sprung for security? That's when you know it's a good party. Like, you've paid for security? I'm guessing it's just like the Southern Charm film crew security, but still, like, I was like, wow, nice party. And Levy goes, I'm leaving. Uh, he goes, it's time to go. I'm sorry you got to this point. Go home. And Levy's like, what are you doing? Go home. Go home. And she's like, you want me to run? You're a loser. Jesus Christ. Leave already. Go. And then Paige goes, that was fucking rude. And you know what? That's Christmas. <laughs> and then tries to make a funny joke. And Madison says, yeah, we ain't the only cold-hearted bitches here. That was awesome. Yeah. Olivia watches her and doesn't like her mean girl attitude. And, uh, you know, Madison's like, I love that. It had been time to go. I forgot that Madison and Leva had beef. Uh, yeah. And Olivia says, you're such a bitch and gets up. And Madison goes, whoa, okay. And then Olivia goes, good talking to you and flips the bird and Madison goes you too and then Olivia's like I'm gonna dip but I was like oh man Austin I would have by the way also shame on you camera crew for not getting a shot of Austin during this because we could have seen him get a boner he's like oh my god Olivia's standing up for me against Madison Madison finally got like like this had to have been Austin's favorite moment and we didn't even get to see his reaction Naomi goes Leva do you need to me to go, do you need someone? And Taylor's like, just stay, just stay. They're all outside. All the girls are outside. 
And she's like, no, I'm fine. Then we get 10 minutes later. Drinks are flowing. Austin and Olivia hug and kiss. Whitney is singing with a mic that is barely on. He's like, silent night. Ho, ho, ha, ha, He's like, Beavis, shut up, Beavis. Shut up, holy night. He said, whole. <laughs> uh, and he goes, whole, woo. They need to do for Southern Charm what they do for Housewives of like where they sum up like Craig continued on with sewing down south for a very successful winter season and now he's gone fishing. You know, I want like what everybody did. And um, Shep goes, I mean, I'm telling Taylor, let's get the fuck out of this country. Why can't we all get along? Shep says three months later, we see on relationship, which is Instagram, Shep's Instagram, we see Taylor holding up two tickets and he's like we got two tickets to paradise the eddie money song and ship's like we've been planning this trip for a few months now and we see all of these shots of them in these different locations and it says shep convinced taylor to travel the world with him and yes she quit her job it says and we see more instagrams of their travels and then more wording pops up on the screen but then they return to charleston there was trouble in paradise once again. And then all of a sudden, news articles flow on screen. Southern Charm star Shep Rose and Taylor Ann Green break up after two years. Fuck, man. If he had just let me know that day, because this shit got released, this article got released five hours after we did our pod. Shep, if you could have done this on my show, I could have been immortalized in the season finale of a, a very boring season finale of Southern Charm. I, you could have... I was so close. I was so close. Um, and then all of a sudden they end the season with, it says Shep 42 and we see his Raya dating profile next time on the season reunion of Southern charm. And Andy's like, Craig, why don't you wear underwear? And then we see Austin, somebody say, Austin is boring in bed. And Madison goes, well, something kept me around for three years. And Austin's like, ha, ha, ha. And then there's like, Naomi, how many times did you sneak out of Miss Pat's house? And then Andy asking Austin, why do you want to see Craig's dip, dick? And Craig goes, Andy, will you help us explore our love? And Andy's like, I would definitely love to facilitate that. You know Andy knows how to like turn a guy you know and um so then there's some question asked about everyone in this group has shared one love and they're like yeah i think and madison's like i think it's thomas and olivia and olivia's like what what i'm sorry did you pull that out of your fake ass she's like it's not a fake ass and uh then we hear madison say fuck you lava and fuck you vanita and vanita's like what did i do and she's like vanita are you even watching the same show and then poor Taylor, we see her say, you fucked another person in Texas, Shep. Like, it's been two months since we were broken up. And Andy goes, he is single now. And then we see Taylor say, he fucked allegedly over 300 whores, but I was just the whore that stuck around for long enough. And Shep goes, I'm sorry you feel that way. And Andy's like, why do you care that it's over? Because I fucking love him, Taylor says. Now, I want to blow you away if you've stayed this long with my thought. And if I see any of you making a meme of this before I do, you're in trouble. I'll know you've listened. This is full-on Jax and Brittany, except that Shep is a little nicer than Jax. This is exactly the Jax and Brittany shit. It really reminds me of that. So, if something really bad happens in Shep's life, which God forbid, right? 
But if it does, he will go to Taylor and they will get back together and they will get married just like the Jacks and Britney storyline. And hopefully they do not get married at the Kentucky Castle. Okay, you guys, this was a very long pod, as they always are. Two hours. Wow, clocking in two hours. I got to get some rest. It's 2.05 in the morning and I still got a bunch of work to do before I go to bed at night. I love y'all. Oh, I'm going to be on a reality check with Amy Phillips tomorrow at 1 p.m., you guys. 1 p.m. Tune in to Sirius Satellite Radio, 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, That's 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bye, you guys. Betches.